to The Way Church. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For sermon notes, service times, and more information, check us out online at thewaychurchva.com. Our gospel for today comes from the words of John chapter 1, verses 29 to 41. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen, and I testify that this is God's chosen one. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. You may be seated. We'll start with a prayer. Lamb of God, may the words that I speak and the meditation of our hearts today on your words be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What makes you stop and take notice? Maybe in the the sports world, recently, a couple weeks back, there was an NFL player, DeMar Hamlin, who went into cardiac arrest on the field. That made people stop and take notice. When you heard the news, maybe stop, take notice of that. Or maybe it happened last week when you heard about 12 guys from Wisconsin coming to Fredericksburg, Virginia, who are all studying to be pastors. A little odd. might cause you to stop and take notice. Or maybe it's going to be when you walk into your new building for the first time. You see it your new home, your new church home, might stop and take notice. Well, today, John tells us of a moment when people stopped and took notice, when they heard and saw something unexpected. A man, a girly man with a big beard and probably some honey dripping down his beard, pointing to a man and saying, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So we're going to unpack that and think about what that, what that really means. 
And so for us, maybe this lamb of God might not strike us the same way. It might not shock us, make us stop and notice. Lamb of God, okay? Because I don't know about you, but for me, I don't really think about lambs that often. You know, maybe when I'm eating the euro or uh, in the odd chance I'm thinking about the production process of a wool sweater. But oftentimes we don't think about lambs or see lambs that much. But for the Jews, this was different. This was a part of their everyday life. They saw shepherds walking lambs through the streets. They saw lambs sold in the marketplace. They heard them in the streets. And they also knew of the one purpose, one special purpose that lambs served as sacrifices. For thousands of years, the Jewish people saw, smelt these sacrifices bloodshed and burning flesh. These aromas, these stenches are in the air on their clothes. This is a part of everyday life over and over and over again. Sacrifice after sacrifice. It makes you wonder why. What's the point? Why did they have all this bloodshed, all this killing? Well, it's because God was telling his people and showing his people and making sure his people were thinking about constantly sinfulness brings death. And that they need someone who can save them from that sinfulness. They need a sacrifice that would pay completely, pay fully the payment necessary that God desired. And God desired a perfect sacrifice. And lambs and bulls and ox, animals, they're not perfect. Even if they look perfect, there's still blemishes. And they're just animals. So how would an animal pay for the sins of anyone? But God used these animals to point to someone coming. To point to the Lamb of God. And so when these Jews here present heard John say, look, the Lamb of God, they stopped and took notice. Because for the first time they saw a lamb, something being called a lamb was now a person. It wasn't an animal. It was a human being. And for the first time, All the other sacrifices, all the other lambs were offered up by sinful human beings for forgiveness. But this time, it was God of God, the Lamb of God. He was the one offering that sacrifice. And that sacrifice was his son. And so this news, this phrase Made these Jews stop and take notice. So what about us? When we hear, look, the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. What does that even mean, to look? Like, do we find a stained glass window or some other lamb or some picture and we just have to stare at it? No, that's not what looking really means here. For them, they could turn and look at a specific person and see the Son of God right there and stare at him. They could look. 
But for us, looking is different. What do we spend our time looking at? What do we put our focuses on? Put our trust in? When we look at something, you're designating that something as a focus in your life. And so what is it that we look to for comfort, for some type of happiness, for joy, salvation? You know, sometimes it's looking into ourselves that I just got to work a little bit harder and then I'll feel comfortable with where I'm at. I just got to be a little bit of a better person so then maybe some better things might happen to me. People might be nicer to me. Or maybe it's looking to somebody else, to a spouse, to a family, to a friend, and raising them up in a position of they need to make me happy. This person needs to make me feel comfortable. But when we do that, we're setting them up for failure because that person is sinful, because we are sinful, because all the stuff in our lives is from a sinful world, and we can't, nothing can and is sufficient enough to give us that true happiness, to give us that true comfort, to give us true salvation, except for one, the Lamb of God. We can't find it anywhere else. And so that's why John tells us, look to the Lamb of God. And how do we do that? How do we look, we stop and take notice of the Lamb? Well, he, God makes it pretty simple. He says, listen to my word. Hear people talk to you about my word and read the Bible. That's it. That's how you hear about your Savior. That's how you look at your Savior, at Jesus, is when those things happen. And when those things happen, God doesn't just tell us to look and leave us out there to dry. He says, now when you look, when you read, when you hear, my Holy Spirit, I will send my Spirit into your heart. I will change your heart from thinking, I don't need God I need something else to thinking, I don't deserve God. I don't deserve Jesus. I don't deserve what he's done for me. And it's in that moment of the darkest place of self-reflection, when you look at your sin, where the gospel shines brightest where the message of Jesus Christ shines brightest. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That news causes us to stop and take notice. And what do we notice? Oh, well, one, we notice that God took notice of us first. Even though we were sinful, even though we were imperfect, even though we could offer him nothing, God noticed us and he loved us anyways. 
noticed us. And so he sent the sacrifice that the world needed. The world needed a sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice, so sufficient, something that would last forever. And so he provided for us. And he gave Jesus. He gave his son to be the perfect sacrifice, the one who always looked at his father, the one who lived a completely perfect life, never messed up. You know, you think people back then would have noticed this guy, noticed somebody so perfect, somebody who never got upset, somebody who never got angry, somebody who never said the wrong thing. But what happened to him? They didn't believe. They rejected him. They crucified him. But it was all part of God's plan. It was all part of God's plan for Jesus to be that sacrifice on the cross, the perfect sacrifice, who was man, as we heard in Colossians. He was man so that he could die, but also God so that when he did die, his sacrifice would count for the entire world. And you have to be God in order to rise yourself from the dead. And he did that. And so we notice that God noticed us. And we notice our perfect Savior. And also something that we notice from this text is how quickly the word spread. How it spread from person to person rapidly. Because when you hear about this gospel message, when you hear about this good news, about who Jesus is, what he's done for you, this causes you to tell somebody about it. And it started with God. God started this chain by telling John the Baptist. And John the Baptist told us what God told him. He said, God said to me that the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So John knew at Jesus' baptism, when he baptized the Son of God, his cousin, right? Can you imagine that? Your cousin? Think of your cousin and somebody says, oh, by the way, your cousin, he's the Son of God. He saved the world, right? This was, this was pretty crazy news. And John, he said it twice in, this, in these verses. He said himself, I would not have known him. I would not have believed that this was the Son of God. I would not have known who he truly was. But God himself told me. He told John, and even when John baptized Jesus, he told all those other people present because you heard God coming from the clouds, proclaiming to Jesus, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. It's clear that this is the son of God, and that is what led John to testify, I have seen, and I testify that this is God's chosen one, the son of God. And then from John, we hear those words. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And people looked, and they saw. And another person, Andrew, Andrew, who was going to be a disciple of Jesus later on. We hear of him, a man, Andrew. Here's the Lamb of God is right there. 
And what did he do right after that? It says in verse 40, 41, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah. The Messiah that Peter, Simon Peter, brother, this Messiah is the person we've been waiting for for thousands of years. The person that all these sacrifices have pointed to, he's here right now walking among us. You can sense the excitement in John and Andrew as they hear, look at the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And if, when you look at that phrase, the sins of the world, you maybe think it might, it's a little vague, God. But actually, it's, it's really personal. It's really specific. Because when God says sins, he gives us no room to wonder, am I really forgiven? He gives us no ability to say to ourselves, now this sin is too bad. There's no way this sin could count. There's no way this sin could be forgiven. But God uses the word sins and gives us 100% confidence that every sin we have committed, every sin we will commit has been completely covered by this sacrifice has been completely covered by the blood of Jesus on the cross. And we know that for sure. And as pastors mentioned in the children's message, it also says the sins of the world. Not just the Jews back then, not just the Israelites, not just the people 2,000 years ago, but you, me. Every person to ever exist, a sacrifice covered by all, was also specifically for you. And that news is something to be shared by John, Andrew. And we see how God uses humans to carry this out. God uses these sinful people that he came to save to carry out that message. He used them to write down his words in the Bible. He uses them to spread his gospel to the ends of the earth, as we heard in Isaiah. And he uses people still today to share that news. He uses you. He uses you to point coworkers, to point family, to point friends to the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He empowers you, fills you with the Holy Spirit to say those words. Look to the Lamb. That's the only place you will find comfort. That's the only place you will find peace. That's the only place you will find joy, salvation, anything that lasts. It's in that Lamb. So he's revealed Jesus to us and to you, but he also reveals Jesus through you, through human beings. And so when people wonder, why, how can you live the way that you live? How can you live in such peace in a world that is not peaceful? How can you live filled with so much hope in a world where it seems there is none. 
How do you live so differently from the rest of the world by not giving in to the temptations of the rest of the world? How do you live that way? And it's only because of the Lamb. It's only because of Jesus who saved you and now who gives you that comfort, that peace, that hope. He's the one who fuels you to live in a way that is God-pleasing, that when God looks at us, he doesn't see the sin anymore. He doesn't see our blemish, our imperfections. He sees the perfect lamb. He sees Jesus, perfection, white as snow, covering us. And so whether it's a new church or 12 young men starting to be pastors, like there's, there's moments in our lives that may cause us to stop and take notice. But with John and Andrew and Peter, let's continue to stop and take notice of the Lamb, to look to him as the one place we can find happiness, the one place we can find salvation, the one place that lasts, the one place that gives us any type of rest. And let's not only look to him, but let's also point to him. Point the people in our lives to this Lamb of God because he takes away the sins of the world. Amen.